I always, when we first get on the mic, before I push the record button or maybe sometimes after, but just in the pre-chat, I tell them, you know, it's super easy to edit. So if you need to let the dog out or you want to get a drink or you want to change it or you want to think about something, come back to it. Don't hesitate to put me on hold. So that helps. I certainly have plenty of people that are just, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. But I always tell people it's just an easy phone call. It's always lots of fun. And people by the end are much more relaxed. And I think that's one thing I kind of do as a host is I'm, I'm pretty good at making people feel relaxed. Are you ready to become a world-class interviewer, stand out with your podcast, and create an incredible audio experience for your listeners so that they keep coming back to your show and become raving fans? Welcome to the Podcast Interview Mastery, a weekly interview show where you will hear world-class podcast hosts and interviewers share their stories, tips, and strategies on how to become a master interviewer and hone your craft as a host. Are you ready to boost your confidence and inspire the masses? If so, buckle up, my friend, because this podcast will show you how. I'm your host, Tibor Nod, founder and host of the top-ranked Mindset Horizon podcast. Welcome, my friend, back to the podcast interview mastery show. I'm super grateful for you tuning into this podcast today. I really hope that today's episode is going to be highly valuable to you. But before we dive in, I wanted to mention that I've created a Facebook group called the Podcast Interview Nation Community, where we can support each other along the way to the top. If you feel inspired to join this community of dedicated podcast hosts who are serious about their show and aiming to become world-class, join the community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash interview nation. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash interview nation. I'm more than excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. My guest today is Jackie Mary Bayer, who has been homesteading together with her husband in Northwest Montana for over 25 years, having spent six years without electricity or running water. Their goal is to grow as much of their own organic produce as they can and someday possibly become market farmers. But in the meantime, Jackie launched the Organic Gardener podcast five years ago, where she has been interviewing backyard gardeners, market farmers, and nutrition and sustainable agriculture experts from around the world, learning the best techniques to grow the most nutritious food in the easiest manner. Most of all, Jackie went from brown thumb to green thumb after listening to the amazing guests on her podcast and now feels confident in her ability to grow lots of nutrient-dense produce as well as create an earth-friendly landscape. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Jackie's podcasting journey and her motivations behind starting her podcast. In the middle of the episode, we dive deeper into how Jackie prepares for interviews, how she helps their guests feel at ease, and we talk about how the technical side of interviews can make both the guest and the host feel nervous and what to do about it. Closer to the end, Jackie shares how she schedules guests on her show, what online scheduler she uses, and she also reveals her best recommendation for episode transcription. On top of all that, she recommends amazing books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest, then check out the free resources, 
interview tips, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. And so without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Jackie, and welcome to the podcast interview mastery show. Hey, Tibor. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. I can talk about podcasting all day long. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on, for taking the time to come on the show. I'm also really excited and it's just super fun to connect with other podcasters. So I'm excited to hear more about your journey. And first off, I wanted to ask you about your podcast and the mission of your show and also why you started podcasting in the first place. So back in 2012, I was taking, so I'm an elementary teacher by trade and I was taking a leadership class and we had to listen to a podcast for some reason. And I started listening to Michael Hyatt's, um, oh, what was it called? Your Intentional Life, I think back then. And, mm -hmm. and then I found John Lee Dumas and I just got hooked on John Lee Dumas. And so this was way back in 2014, but the, here's the funny story about my podcast. I literally thought I was going to webinar on fire. Like the, his big thing, his podcast is called entrepreneur on fire. If your listeners don't know. And so they had podcasting on fire and webinar on fire. And I literally like my husband's the gardener. So my podcast is the green organic garden podcast. And I thought my husband was going to do webinars and teach people how to garden. And somehow mm -hmm. I got the link wrong and ended up on podcast on fire and I was just at this point where I was trying to change. I was trying to leave the classroom. Like my all time ultimate dream is to be a children's book illustrator who, who specializes in biographies. And so I was like, well, I'll just try this. And I was listening and I was like, you know, there was the 30 day, like I was like, well, I'll just do it for 30 days and see how it goes. And six months later, I'm launching the Organic Gardener podcast. So that was wow. kind of how it, and, and so I learned because my husband is very camera shy. He still has not done an interview with me on my show. I'm on episode 335, cannot get him on the mic. Um, but we wow. do take pictures of the stuff that he does and he answers questions. It's funny because listeners write to him. <laughs> They're like, you're Mike. And it's like, it's hysterical. Like they know him. But anyway, yeah. so yeah. So I was like listening to all these other podcasters. I'm like, wow, well, if they want to learn how to do something, they interview other people. And so mm -hmm. I started there and it's just been um, five years later and 336 interviews later, here I am. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I was just wondering because it's not really connected exactly to your podcast and interviews, but why were you captivated by by GLD that much or the Entrepreneurs on Fire? I'm just curious. Well, back then there weren't a lot of podcasts. And so I was just binging. So I live in rural Montana. So I spend a lot of time in my car. I drive. My unintentional claim to fame will be crossing the continental divide 400 plus times. So I taught on the east side of the mountains and came home every weekend to the west side of the mountains. So it's 145 miles, a three hour drive. And through <laughs> yeah. a lot of country where there's no internet signal, no less. Mm. And so once I started listening to Michael Hyatt, like I just got hooked. I don't know. The weird thing is like when I was in college, there's no way I would take a business. I wouldn't even go into the business building. I was just so anti-business. And then as an adult, I am like hooked on business podcasts and learning and connecting. And I just loved the way John 
would interview all these people, like all these lessons. I had no idea. He totally just changed my life. Like I said, cause I was really lonely. A lot of the time I was living alone away from my husband during the week. It was very challenging. It's Montana winters. And just to be able to listen to other people was amazing. And John was out there doing a seven day a week show. Like you just, you know, you could binge on him. I have listened to all of his first 2000 episodes that were short and were like 25 minutes. I've not mm-hmm. missed one, and many I've listened to several times. Wow, really? <laughs> Does John know, know that? <laughs> yeah, they know. They know that. They're so yeah. kind. Like, he is so humble. He is like, he is so genuine. He is indeed. I've met him in person. He is just so willing to give and give and give, and has given so much free content. And I know there are people out there that are just like, oh, he's such a capitalist, and oh, he's so. He is not like that at all. He's so willing to share. And just, I've gotten on phone calls with them. Like he's, he's, I've never sent them an email that they haven't answered. Like sometimes you get the team, but usually more often than not, he answers in person. And so does Kate. Like they're just the nicest people. I want John to run for president. I beg him. I'm like, come on, you have military (laughs) experience. You're a businessman. Like, I mean, he would make a real commander in chief. You know, he's an officer. He, he knows business people. He's done real estate. He's done. He's been a lawyer. He's been, or he went to law school. Like he is, he knows so much and he would just, I think anyway, off topic. Yeah. 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 That's pretty (laughs) awesome. Just, (laughs) yeah. But I wanted to get back to your, your podcast and first and foremost, your passion for podcasting. So how did this passion come about? Well, again, like I said, I was just lonely and getting to listen to podcasts. And then like back to like Michael O'Neill, we were talking about in the pre-chat, like when I went to Paris, so I went to Paris. So I celebrated my first hundred thousand downloads by and hundred episodes, which just coincidentally were about the same time, um, by going to Paris, like something I had dreamed about all my life and I never thought would come true. And it just happened to work out. And so I went to Paris for nine days um, by myself in February of 2016. And, oh, it was amazing through Expedia. I got a ticket from Montana all the way to Paris round trip and a hotel room for nine days for $1,300. It was like a deal. I couldn't like, I couldn't even get the deal in high school and it was just amazing, but I was all by myself and I was kind of scared. And so getting to be able to listen to podcasts and listen to Michael O'Neill and just different people, like you just, you don't feel like you're alone anymore. And like, I can remember running through the streets, like there's a picture of me that I took like a selfie listening to podcasts because I just feel like it's a great way to connect with people. And then you meet these people like in my podcast, I've met people that live like a mile through the woods for me, 45 miles away, which is one of the nearest towns. Like we go to coffee, we go to workshops together. Like we call each other, like we've become friends. And then I have friends like around the world, like in Australia, New Zealand, and just is like wow. a way to connect and like my listeners, I've had lots of my listeners come on the show. So since we talk about gardening, like a lot of times people who are new to gardening have the lessons. Like the thing that makes my show the best is my guests. Like they have taught us so much. Like I went from brown thumb to green thumb. Like I could not keep a geranium alive, barely. And I still struggle. I'm still like not the best gardener in the world. But I do feel confident that if I had to, I could feed a classroom th- full of kids for a year. Like I've learned that much and just, just, I call them golden seeds. What my listeners share, like other people call value bombs or golden nuggets or whatever. (laughs) 
So I call them golden seeds. And just my listener, my guests share so much. And then being able to connect with listeners and meet them in person and just... I, that's why I'm so passionate about podcasting. I just love learning. I love sitting in my garden. Like I used to think, I was like, who's going to sit in a garden and listen to a garden podcast? But I do, people do. I sit in the garden. I always think it's funny because like I go walk my dogs in the woods and here I am listening to like Amy Porterfield, like business podcasts <laughs> and stuff. But um, I just think yeah. it's like the best way to connect with people and learn. There's so much information out there that you can learn for free and you meet people like you never thought you would meet and just I think people who get podcasting get it and it's just a community of people that um that are just willing to share their experiences and what they've learned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean learning was a huge huge uh reason for me why I started my podcast too. So I wanted to create a platform where I can invite those incredible experts and I just learn from them and also share these with others. I was like, this is just a win-win-win uh, format. The interview. So let's talk about interviews because I am curious, you know, after conducting more than 300 interviews, what are some of the things that you you learned how to become a better interviewer or host? I would say the biggest thing is to listen more. And frequently I get messages that are like, Jackie, I wish you wouldn't talk so much. And I try, I like mute my mic when I'm doing the interview because I kind of will keep me holding back and just try to always remember it's about the guest and it's, and I've had people tell me that it's my curiosity. And actually some people have told me it's my lack of gardening experience because I'm always like, well, tell us about that. You know, cause I'm yeah, not going to yeah, be yeah. like, they've said, other people are always like so naughty with their guests and they're like, well, I know better. And I know this, and I'm certainly not like that. Cause I don't know anything. <laughs> Although I've learned a lot. I feel like lately I've been like interrupting like, oh, well, yeah, this is what we're doing. And maybe in the beginning more, I, I, I definitely think listening is super important. And also like for me to be able to go back and like if a, if somebody's talking to make sure that I'm present to what they're saying. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, you know, I've heard different things. I, I think it's a philosophy that someone can, so to speak, um, stand for. So it's about the guest. But I've heard someone say, you know, it's about it's about the host and it's about the show. So you want to uh, make sure that the that you focus on 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 the on the host. But I, actually, I am of the mindset of that it's it's about serving your audience. It's about serving your guest, and you are there to conduct the interview and ask the best questions you can so that you can help your guests shine and then you know they can uh, share their expertise you know it's different and it's interesting to talk to different uh, hosts because uh, you know it's it's just interesting to hear how they approach this topic and I was wondering about you know your interviewing preparation so how do you prepare for for interviews I've read this question and I was laughing about that because I am like the worst when it comes to preparing. Like <laughs> I have these notes on the top of my thing. The first one says, ask the person how to pronounce their name, um, which I forget to do half the time. I also yeah. have another note. Make sure you log on a half hour early. Like if they have a website to go check out their website and learn about them. I mean, a lot of the people I interview are backyard gardeners. So there's not really like, and then I have like a definite set of questions that I ask them, which I appreciate your questions. And I send them to them in advance. And they're very like basic, like what grew well this year? What are you excited to try next year? What's your favorite tool? So I don't do that much prep. 
mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people send me books. It's amazing at this point. Like I get a lot of gardening books. So I, you know, if somebody sent me a book, I'll try to like read it ahead of time and like, you know, talk about what, um, what, what lessons maybe I've learned from their book. I always try to really like encourage my listeners to leave them a review on Amazon because I mm-hmm. think that's super important to promote them. But I don't really do a lot of prep. Like my show goes out on um, a radio network in New York on Monday nights and they need a file that's 53 to 58 minutes. So the good things about that is one, it's kept me consistent and probably is part of why I'm still going because I have to have that file to them every Monday morning. But also just my flow kind of works that way. By the time we get through all the questions, usually that's right about where we are, which is pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. So you have some questions prepared and and this is basically a interview flow or some reoccurring questions, but you also in the interview you don't necessarily stick to those questions. So you go with the flow in the conversation as far as I understood. Is it correct? Yeah. I mean, I like to stick to my script more than like my listeners are always writing me and they're like, don't be so stuck to your script. Let your guests talk. Just, you know, go with the flow more. But I get really nervous. And like if I have a guest who's not a gardener, like sometimes I'll interview nutritionists or, you Mm -hmm. know, agriculture experts or somebody who has like a business or, you know, somewhat related to gardening or what you can do with the food that came from your garden. And I get kind of more nervous with those interviews. Yeah. What what do you do then? Because I did my research on this podcast topic and many people said that they sometimes struggle with, you know, being nervous or unconfident. So do you do something? Well, like I'm going to interview somebody who's going to talk about hatching chickens, which is like something I know nothing about. So, and they sent me a thing saying, can you send us questions in advance? I, the other thing on the flip side, Tibor, I'm a one girl show. I almost always work full time during this. So I have all to do to put out one episode a week. So I'm probably mm-hmm. not the best person when it comes to prepping because my show is very candid. I'm like the kind of person that likes to take candid photos. I like everything like fresh and live. I don't like to do a lot of editing. I'm not the kind of person like there was a teacher at school and she's like, I don't understand how you take pictures at school. I'm like, well, that's because you want every single kid to sit there with their little elf hat for their Christmas photo and look exactly alike. And they all have to be exactly. Whereas like, I'll just snap, snap, snap. Like when I first went to college, I was a photography major and Arthur theory was, it was way back before digital camera. So if out of a roll of 36, you got three good pictures, you were good. So I just, I just kind of put it all out there and, and try to pick out the best. And it's intangible a little bit. And, and, uh, it's interesting because to be honest with you, when I have bigger names on the show, according to my perceptions, at least, you know, I kind of like feel nervous before, you know, one day before the recording, like, you know, I feel nervous. Right. So, and then, and that's interesting. And well, just like they say, when an actor goes on stage, you know, who wants to see an actor that's not nervous? Like there should be a little sense of like, I think they call it you stress, like E U S T R E S S, like a little bit that's going to make you be your best self and like show up professionally and just, um, you know, it's good to have a little bit of nervousness. I remember like I was interviewing this big gardener guy, his name is James Fortier and he has this huge following and Mm -hmm. written several books and is a speaker. And like, I was so nervous. I spilt my coffee on my MacBook, (laughs) like right before (laughs) I started. I've never, you know, in 20 something years of having laptops, I had never spilt anything. I was like, Oh my gosh, is it going to work? And like, I had to do it in my classroom before school started. I'm sitting in my classroom and like, I know how the nervous thing goes. 
Wow. Yeah, especially with the tech. So combined with the tech, not just the preparation and stuff, but is the tech going to work, right? So is it going to work? I have been using Zencaster and it collapsed many times, to be honest with you. And now I'm planning to use something else in the future. But I was always, you know, something, somebody, a bigger name comes on the show. And I was like, oh my God, is the tech going to work? So yeah, so that's why I actually decided to move away from Zencaster and, and use something else. Um, uh, I have a Rodecaster Pro now and I'm kind of like preparing everything to, to be able to use that in the future because it's more safe, I would say, because the tech can be a part of becoming nervous about these things, I guess, especially if you do remote interviews, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tech is a huge struggle and it's always changing and different things are happening. Like I had that problem at the beginning of this year. I was telling you, I think in the pre-chat about how all of a sudden mm. there was like an update and Skype didn't work anymore. And with my, it was called Ecamm Recorder until I get the updated OS on my MacBook. And so then I had to switch to Zoom and Zoom's okay and it's free and, um, you know, the quality's good and you can still split the tracks, which is important. But, um, like lately yeah. I've been having a problem with Zoom, like for some reason, even though it's splitting the tracks, like we're talking over and I have to go through and like edit and like shift my audio wave. So like for some reason, like my track keeps coming out shorter than the other person's track when it splits them and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like there's always these weird things. And then you had one question about like what was um my biggest struggle at the beginning and I was going to tell you the story about um it was tech, which usually I'm the tech person at school and people come and ask me questions, but I could not figure out how to get um to record my guests. Like I kept going in a garage band and just like it would not and I was watching all these YouTube videos and like my original I came out with the idea September sometime in September and I was gonna launch November 15th. And I could not get it and I could not get it. And so I actually somebody in Paradise like said, Well, I'll jump on a you know practice interview with you. And they happen to be a gardener and they ended up recording <laughs> really? my first episode. Like my episode number one was recorded by my guest. And then finally, I found this video by somebody else in Podcasters Paradise who posted up there and they just mentioned something about everybody kept saying you had to use this app called Soundflower. It was like a third party app. And everybody was like, use the default settings. Do you use the default settings? And finally, somebody said the default settings are channel one, two, three, four. And somehow my default settings had gotten off. And it was like, I don't know, but whatever. I've been rocking and rolling ever since. And that was January 28th. <laughs> I think 2015, because I launched on January 29th, 2015. But I was just like, it was so frustrating because I couldn't like make, I couldn't even make appointments with people. Like I'd made a couple appointments to interview people and I had to cancel them because I just couldn't get the tech right. Speaking of nervousness, do you sense sometimes that the guest is nervous? And, and if so, what do you do then? I always start my, you're the first person I've ever talked to that starts like I do. Like I always, when we first get on the mic before I push the record button or maybe sometimes after, but just in the pre-chat, I tell them, you know, it's super easy to edit. So if you need to let the dog out or you want to get a drink or you want to change <laughs> it or you want to think about something, come back to it. Don't hesitate to put me on hold. So that helps put them. I certainly have plenty of people that are just, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. But I always tell people it's just an easy phone call. It's always lots of fun. And as Michael, as you were saying that he said something about 27 minutes in, 
people by the end are much more relaxed. And I think that's one thing I kind of do as a host is I'm, I'm pretty good at making people feel relaxed. Yeah. And, and that's, that's actually a pretty uh, great point to be honest, because what I'm also trying to do in the conversation, like how can I make sure that they feel relaxed and they trust me in the conversation and things like that. I'm not conscious how I'm trying to do this. Maybe you are. So what do you do or how do you do this? I was working at Apple retail during the launch of the iPad. Just coincidentally, I was staying with my parents. I was, I had gotten an internship um, for an organization at the United Nations. And so to kind of pay for that, I got a side job at Apple, which is always my dream company to work for. And it was the best. If there was an Apple store near me. I would go work. So for them. Cool. I loved it. It was so fun. But they had this motto. Let's find it out together. They were very adamant about if you were a specialist out on the floor with people, do not pretend you know something you don't. Just go over mm-hmm. to one of the computers and go find it out. The information is probably on Google. It was probably going to be about a third party, you know, like so many people, what headphones should I buy? What mic should I buy? What, you know, Apple TV thing, you know, like all these things that went, or maybe they wanted to compare MacBooks, you know, whatever you could always go find out their answer. And so I think like following your curiosity, a lot of people told me that I'm very curious. Like when I went to pod mastery with John Lee Dumas and Michael O'Neill, they were like, your biggest thing is you're just super curious. So I think, Mm. you know, being asking your, you know, just highlighting your guest story and and just being curious about what they're doing, being present and listening to what they're saying, I just think that really helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the, the pre chat also. So I wanted to get back to the pre chat. So it's important when we have a little pre chat, a small talk before the actual recording. It helps the guest to relax a little bit. So. That's that's what I'm trying to do uh, consciously, and also the thing that I that you've mentioned that I inform them about, you know, it's okay to go out to to walk the dog or or to pause, um, you know, rephrase something because the tracks are gonna be edited, and 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 there's the there's a huge part connected to post production. For example, when I started conducting interviews, I thought that I have to be perfect, right? So I have to ask the questions perfectly. I have no chance to get back and record it again, which is not true because in the post-production, you can edit the tracks and re-record something, change the sequence, whatever you want. So that fact as a host helped me a lot. And and I'm not sure if the guests know about that. So it's it's great to inform them about those possibilities and that they don't have to say everything perfectly. They can pause, go back, rephrase. And then that helps, I think, especially if someone doesn't have too much experience with uh, being a guest on podcasts. The one thing I would say is I would hit that record button as soon as you get on because I have lost so many golden seeds. Like people start talking and they tell you a story and you're like, ah, why aren't I capturing that? Because, yeah, you can add it in later or a lot of times I'll just release an episode and call it raw. And I'm just like, this is raw. I haven't edited it. I barely listened to it. You know, I sometimes I haven't even listened to it, but I know it went really, you know. And just uh, meet that the show must go on. Like Michael O'Neill is always in the back of my head. If you say you're (laughs) going to put your show out on Monday and Thursday, it better be out Monday and Thursday. Like there have been, when I first started my first year, I put out an episode every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I don't know how many Sunday nights I was like, who am I going to get to be a guest? And like calling every family friend I could and just like begging people to be a guest. Like now my listeners, I'm, I'm a lot more flexible. There will be like a couple of weeks where 
I've never had weeks where a show hasn't gone out, but it's not always there on Monday morning. You know, when like grades are due and like my principal's coming to do an observation or something, I don't always hit that Monday mark or I'll put a replay out or something, but. Yeah, so push that record button in the beginning. That's actually a really great point. Because don't let them drop something super important that you don't get. Just get that record button going. Great point. Great point. Because I many times I had had the experience that I wished I would have pushed that record button before. <laughs> or and don't sooner, shut it off at the end either. Like even last Saturday, I was doing this interview and we ended up talking for 45 minutes afterwards. And sh- the second 45 minutes was way more interesting than the first 45 because maybe she had that thing where she had to get into the flow of the interview or whatever but and and i usually never do but i thought we were done and then we just kept going on and yeah what a great point you know now golden nuggets or seeds (laughs) are coming up right so because uh I have never thought about that to be honest but that's such a great point so i don't stop the recording i just say goodbye and then i keep recording whatever happens. That's that's great. That's great. And I was wondering, do you conduct audio only? So do you use Skype and Ecamm to conduct audio only recordings or how do you do this? Yeah, I just do audio only. I would like to use Skype and Ecamm, but now I'm stuck on Zoom because... Okay. Yeah. And my only really big hang up with Zoom is like on Skype, I can call the person and I hear the phone ringing and stuff. And on Zoom, I'm just sitting there waiting and they have to enter a password and I don't know what's going on in their end. And I just don't like that. Plus, you have to sit there and like look and wait for them to pop up in the waiting room. And like one day they weren't there on time and then I started Googling through their website and all of a sudden eight minutes goes by and I look and then they've been sitting in the waiting room. I just I don't like that part about Zoom that I'm not calling them. Yeah, they're just yeah. I send them a link and they have to and then like sometimes I'll have like older guests who are I have one lady who was so funny she like we hang up the phone and she's like now you're sure there's no video recording I'm like you were on a landline <laughs> 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 it's just cute old lady it was just so sweet like she, yeah, she yeah. was so That's afraid funny. of Skype but I was like I have to call you on Skype and like when I call people on Skype it like rings like a California number and they don't want to answer and sometimes I have to call them ahead of time and be like okay pick up the phone it's gonna be me but yeah, yeah it's really cute but I definitely I don't know there were just some things to Skype that I liked better and it's all free which is well Ecamm you had to pay like a hundred bucks I think for a lifetime membership and and that's a great example because what I also realized that you know not everyone has the same experience when it comes to interviews and the technical part so I always try to do my best to prepare them for example I've been using Zencaster and I have a information sheet that I send out to them so that they can prepare for the technical side right I think the biggest thing is how can I make it easier for them well I gotta say your sheet's a little intimidating (laughs) I was like even this morning (laughs) like I got up and I was like now what did he say and what was all that and I hope this Zencaster thing's gonna work because (laughs) I uh I have never I've never used Zencaster before and so um and you have like that little screenshot that I was like what is that I don't know what that means (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty annoying with Zencaster, to be honest with you, because I was like, should I do this or not? Because I also felt maybe it's too much, you know, because um, what I realized that when it comes to how to make it easier, of course, how to make it make it easy for them to prepare as well and short and succinct, right? But, um, you know, I realized when somebody wanted to come on Zencaster on her smartphone and it's not possible because 
the platform doesn't you know work with smartphones yet so it's not compatible with smartphones yeah that's kind of like an information that i included in this sheet and this is why i did it and and it's a lot you know at first See, and that would knock out a lot of my guests. I'm always, I, it's so funny because I have a job this summer for another podcaster booking them on shows. And I just think it's so funny because I am always looking, like I finally put a thing on my website, be my mm. guest, because I'm always looking for guests. And I'm so glad I did that. Like people have actually will go to my website and start booking and wow. like, and then I get a thing like I just my husband, like it goes to his calendar, and my calendar. And it just like says, I, I don't even always know until the day before, like if I'm interviewing somebody the next day. It's yeah, really nice. Yeah. Like that's something I would tell every podcaster. If you want to be thrifty, that's great. But get a scheduler. If you're going to do interviews, get a scheduler, pay that 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month or whatever it is to go back and forth with people over email. Can you do this day? Can you do that day? Drives me crazy. Like get a scheduler, make it easy. It sends out automatic reminders. Like people have told me so many times, your flow is awesome. I got a reminder yesterday. I got a reminder half an hour before it starts today. Like that scheduler is worth every penny. And believe me, I am a thrifty podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point there. So I also use Calendly to schedule my interviews. I used to use Schedule Once, and now I'm with Calendly. And I like Schedule Once better. I would almost like to go back to them, but th then they raise their prices. But yeah, absolutely. I always try to automate things. So obviously, when it comes to booking guests and its communication workflow, so to speak, so. Uh, I would say scheduler is really the very first step to automate these processes a little bit. And then can I give another shout out to like my new favoriteest thing? I just discovered this two weeks ago, but it's this guy, yeah. Pete, who owns this company called Podscribe. And they transcribe your show note, your podcast, your you're talking and it is phenomenal. It is affordable. Like I have tried other things. I've tried like different apps for like transcribing because I pretty much transcribe when my guest is talking and then go back through and just like do it all myself. And I've been doing that for five years because I use my search bar Whoa. on my website more than anybody. Like if somebody asks me a question about how to grow these tomatoes, I'm like, I go Google tomatoes. I'm like, well, here's three episodes you can listen to. And these are the golden seeds this person says. And like, I highlight different things. So my show notes are really detailed. I get great SEO. Wow. wow. And this, I call Pete the guy who gave me my weekends back because he has cut my, his software is phenomenal. You like you, I didn't even realize this. Like I was using him for like a couple of weeks before I even realized that there's software besides just him printing out the transcript and it, it breaks like the speakers apart and you can go in and type in who's speaker instead of it just saying speaker one and speaker two, you can label the speakers. You know, there are things like people's names that you got to kind of fix. Like this friend of mine, her name is Patty Armbruster who comes on and I talk about a lot because she's a soil expert and it calls her like PT rooster or, you know, like it'll change her name yeah. a lot or like weird things It puts some pauses, but compared to, like it, he, it's just amazing what he does. And I was able to upload all of August, five hours worth of content. And I had all the transcripts back in 25 minutes on Sunday, 25 minutes. Like, I don't know what he's doing, but his computer software pod scribe, and I'll give you the link is just amazing. It's, it's like a game changer for podcasters. And he has like other services, I think, where you can go in and have somebody clean it up. So it's just perfect. But wow. And it's affordable. Like it was, I paid for a year and I think it was $15.99 a month. 
And he did all of my last years. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And the thing comes to me automatically. Like I upload it to my website host and I get his transcript back before it even hits iTunes. That's pretty awesome. Is it, uh, I mean, as far as I've seen, you have Captivate as a hosting provider? Yeah, through podcast websites like John and Mark Asquith's. And then I think Mark Asquith owns Captivate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for sharing. And as we are coming to the end of this episode, I wanted to ask you about maybe book recommendations or or interviewers or hosts that you would recommend to aspiring podcasters, you know, to listen to, to read, to learn more about becoming a better host or interviewer. Okay. So the two books, one is this guy, Greg Clunas, who wrote this book called Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. And he has a podcast too, but he talks a lot about like mindset and like consistency and like how to just like small steps because podcasting is so big. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint and it is going to take a a long time. You really need to be committed. And so he's really good about helping you. And it seems so intimidating. Like I remember how the tech and the, when I first jumped into podcasters paradise in April, 2014, I thought they were speaking another language. I was like, what is Libsyn? What's the download? What's a email capture? Like what was I all found the same and then, and now it's like breathing, like it just, but it, there's a lot to learn. And so he helps you break it into small, actionable chunks. And he talks a lot about empathy, like where you're starting. You can't compare yourself to John Lee Dumas, who's been, you know, went to college with real estate people and lawyers and just like has a whole different um, thing than somebody like me, you know, in rural Montana, who's a teacher. And then the other one is Cloris Kylie wrote a book called Beyond Influencer Marketing. And what I love about her book is she talks about being really um, strategic in who you're going to reach out to and, and making those connections and building those relationships. Because without a doubt, podcasting has a lot to do with relationships and building your network and nurturing those network connections. Like I was on a show in December of this woman who has a really big gardening following. She's been like blogging since 2009, just has a huge audience. And my numbers doubled since December mm. and they stayed doubled. Like I got so many listeners from her compared to like any other shows that I've been on. It was just, it was just huge. And that was December of 2019. And still my numbers are still up. So you really want to, you know, nurture those relationships and see where they can help you go. And then the other person is, um, Kate Erickson has, I don't understand why John doesn't promote Kate's take. And she has since changed it, but I would go back to her original Kate's take. She has this thing called the fire path. She'll walk you through everything you need to know about building an online business. It's just amazing. So those are my three books and a podcast. They're actually all podcasters, but. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. I, uh, yeah, uh, beyond influencer marketing, um, interesting topics, absolutely. And before I ask my last question, please tell the listeners where they can find you online and get in touch with you. Well, my website is Organic Gardener Podcast, all spelled out. So organic and then gardener, G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R podcast.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I'm starting to get in a LinkedIn. It's funny because people are, my husband asked me once, he's like, well, where should I tell my friend's parents to go check out pictures of our house? And he's like, the website, right? And I'm like, 
Actually, no. Most of the pictures of our place are on Instagram. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. And the links are going to be in our show notes. And my last question is, what is your vision for your podcast in the future? It's funny. I always wanted to work for Rodale's Organic Gardening Magazine. And now they are um, there is no more Rodale's, which is like one of the biggest publishers in the gardening, health and fitness world. And they sold out two years ago to um, a company called Hearst. And so I would like to start a Golden Seeds magazine mm. where I um, have like a hard copy of the interviews that I do with my guests. And th- that's kind of where I would like to go. Wow. That's so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Very inspiring too. And I wish you good luck with these aspirations. And thank you so much, Jackie, for being on the show. Well, thank you, Tibor. This was so fun. And I hope I did a good job and your listeners learned something. And if they have any questions, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I love to help podcasters. And just, uh, you know, one thing I would say, being in podcasting communities, like there's a really good Facebook group, She Podcasts. And then, but I also find like the paid communities, you just, you get better quality people in there and more value. So find like a community of people. Yeah, absolutely. Find your community. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you joining us for this episode of the podcast interview mastery show. If you feel inspired to hang out with other like-minded podcasters, make sure to join the podcast interview nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview nation. If you want to check out the details, show notes, book recommendations, interview tips, and free resources, please make sure to head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I will catch you next time. And until then, be world class, my friend.